Miranda? Yes. What? Her family flew home. But she didn't. And she's been everywhere searching for you. She has? <laughs> Screw off. I'm joking, man. That chick ran for the hills, eh? <laughs> you should have seen your face. You were so happy. For a moment, you were like, ah. <laughs> I can't believe I got you again. <laughs> 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 hey, so Drew, I was just opening up our email here and I just saw that we were offered a five-year lucrative contract from Podcast One. Really? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs> Screw off, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the meanest thing ever? Like, who jokes that? It's mean. I've never seen the wind, you know, talk about wind out of the sails, yeah. like deflated. Like, <laughs> the guy's life imploded in front of, in front the, of the, the life. Yeah, the life in his eyes drained. It's really the best acting job I've seen. They give him an Oscar. Year. Really? Yeah. Give yeah. him an Oscar. Welcome back. This is episode 104 of The Last Row Podcast. If you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast.com, follow us on Twitter at The Last Row Pod, Facebook.com slash The Last Row Pod. Pretty much anywhere you go on the internet, our handle is at The Last Row Pod Instagram. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podchaser. Welcome back, Bad Way. This is one of my all time favorite movies, even though all, no one else agrees with that. <laughs> all time favorite movies. Yeah, you know, I like. Godfather, I like Citizen Kane, and I like Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, and, and Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. European Gigolo, not, yeah. not one, it's two. Yeah. <laughs> this is all time yeah. up there. <laughs> now, I would say an underrated classic, lost in, lost in time and space in the year 2007, Heartbreak Kid, October 5th, release date. Where were you? October 5th, 2007. Were you, I don't even remember. Were you in the movie theater watching this movie? I think I did see this in the theater. I don't. Did you? I probably did. I think, I think we, were, we did. We were going to a lot of movies at this time. Yeah, I think lives. we did. Runtime, one hour, 59 minutes. Eh, too high. A little bit too high. Slightly it's, it's, too it's, high. Like it's just barely borderline yeah. too high. You didn't need a 30 minutes of him crossing the border at Mexico. Like I, 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 was, I don't know. I thought that were some of the best moments. It was great, but they could have shaved yeah. off like five, maybe they, five. They could, have shaved, they could have shaved 10 off the beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. Yeah. This is a straight comedy directed by the Farrelly brothers, the brothers Farrelly drew. <laughs> we'll get into some of their uh, shenanigans later on. Uh, IMDb for this it. movie, 5.8 out of 10. It's a little too disrespectful. Too low. A little disrespectful. Too low. Rotten Tomatoes, 29%. Way too low. Too low. Yeah. <laughs> Metacritic, 46%. Too low. It's a little too low. Give me, give me at least 51 and uh, Letterboxd, 2.4 out of 5. Shameful. Doesn't surprise me. It doesn't, doesn't surprise, surprise me. me. Should be like a 2.6. Yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> one, one below the Enter the Spider-Verse yeah. for you. Yeah, can we get can we, can we we get a boost in those numbers? Those are, <laughs> too low, too low. And I loved I'll, it. I'll have to get in there and rate of five stars, maybe I'll boost it. Synopsis. Single-handedly rescue, rescue yeah. their Letterboxd yeah. rating. Because maybe there's like eight... There's, maybe there's like eight votes. And like, I, <laughs> if I do it, it would like... Expand You're going to bring the it. average up? Yeah, yeah. I'm twenty percent. I'm twenty percent of the score. After a short fling with a beautiful woman named Lila, and at the urge of his friends and family, Eddie proposes marriage. But Eddie didn't realize that Lila is a shrew, and she a shrew. 
Is that is that offensive? I I know it's Shakespearean, but is that offensive in twenty twenty two? It sounds it sounds it sounds old school for yeah. sure. I, I don't know if I just said a slur or not. So hopefully, I think if, if it's a slur, could you bleep it? I guess I could. Okay, I'll have to look it up after right. this. <laughs> and she reveals her true nature during the honeymoon. Yeah, it just feels like it doesn't seem like a nice word. It's I'm pretty sure it's a Shakespearean thing from that yeah. that play, right? It's something maybe my grandfather used to say, but like you know how you know like Gramps, you, <laughs> you know, can't old say but you can't say that anymore, Gramps. So I apologize. Uh, <laughs> don't don't un- don't un- unsubscribe, please. He then meets. I don't I don't think anybody's unsubscribing under Shrew. Yeah. I w- hey man, you don't. I, know. I just said it twice now. Yeah, there so, you go. Okay. I better get the beep button out. All right, we got to figure out what that means. Uh, he then meets <laughs> Miranda, and it's kind of, <laughs> we're going off the rails here. But no, if it was that bad, it wouldn't be in, in the Google description, right? So, I, yeah, that's true. I guess yeah. I've seen a lot worse. He then meets this non-shrew Miranda, and is convinced <laughs> she she is his soulmate. Oh, Drew, it's late. Shrewmate, and he sets out to woo Miranda, like. Just straight up Ric Flair her. Yeah. And extricate himself, which is another thing that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Don't Ric Flair a woman. Oh. And extradate himself from his wife's I'm imagining him flaws. Ri- like taking his pants off, doing elbow drops, like yeah. all, all down yeah. the beach, no, trying to nobody, woo her. Nobody asked for the pants to drop. He, he's dropping them. Yeah. I got this is one of the weirder synopses that well, we've I, had I butchered here. it, so that's my that's my but but so. it didn't flow right. So and, and not not by you. It just yeah. didn't flow right. I made you it got, better. Derogatory terms here. Yeah. Talking about wives' claws. Like, yeah. come on now. Wives' claws. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, In any get, event, get out of get get out of the twentieth century here. Synopsis. There's, there's a few taglines here, and I think that the taglines are messed up. In that they should all be on one. So I'm going to read. These are three separate taglines. I just tell you that. Okay. There's five total, but there's three separate, and I think these should all be together, but they're not. So the first one is love blows. Nah. That's its own, right? Love hurts. Nah. Love stings. No. It should have been love blows, love hurts, love stings, and then I, something else witty at the end. Right? Yeah. I think none of them really makes sense it's for the dumb, movie. Right? Yeah. How about, he waited all his life to get married. Too bad he didn't wait another week. But what would another week really have done for him? Like, was he going to go to Cabo anything. by himself? No. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have done anything. It doesn't make any sense. Next. And then it seemed like a good idea at the time. Okay. That's allowable. Probably the best one. Probably the best one. Dude. Allowable. I my head exploded when I saw the budget for this movie. What do you think the budget was if you didn't see it in the notes already? Six million. This was sixty million, according to IMDb. <laughs> what the hell? Did they buy the resort? Ben Stiller was hot back then, man. Let me tell you. Sixty million. I mean, I don't I we you know, I've compiled the villain scales from a lot of our old movies, but I gotta start compiling the budgets because that's more than like The Running Man and like other movies that like science fiction movies. And so I don't, that was in the 80s, but come on. When you send your entire production crew to Cabo, I guess, it, I guess the price goes up. I mean, I don't know where they, I don't know where they really shot. Uh, we probably could look that up if we were a reputable podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, we're amateurs we didn't, we didn't over here. Do that. <laughs> is, it, is this like some funny business going on? <laughs> in any event, it, it made 128 million estimated worldwide gross, which is right. pretty good, right? It it's a Ben it. Stiller movie. It, it, made, it made it back. Double. But I, it I just, I saw like 60 million, unless that's a typo, but come on, that's a lot of money. Six, 16 million? 60. 60 million? <laughs> 60 billion. 6D <laughs> jillion. Another, another weird piece of trivia before we get into the movie is that originally, so this is, you know, 
Malin Ackerman, who was up and coming at this time. You had Ben Stiller, who was sort of riding hot. You had uh, Michelle Monaghan, who was also up and coming there. Originally, did you know this, that Jason Bateman and Amy Poehler were originally cast as the leads. And then there was some other stuff happened. They didn't wind up doing it. But do you think this movie would have been better if they were in it? No. Why not? I think Amy Poehler could have pulled off the female role. But I think Jason Bateman is too, I don't know, what, what's the word? Smug? Yeah, smug might be the word. Yeah, I, I don't think he has the, the neuroses yeah. that Ben Stiller has, you know? Stiller has that physical sort of witty, like weird, crazy weird, guy nervous comedy. tick kind of, yeah, jolty, jittery. Yeah. Bateman's, Bateman's kind yeah. of too cool for school, right? He is. He's too cool. And yeah. I think Stiller's more nerdy, and I think it works yeah. to his advantage better than, I think than Bateman. Bateman's pretty good in, in his comedies. It's just right. that he has this role, his, the, his own slot, and it isn't these type of movies. And I know the word smug is negative, and I don't even mean it in a negative way. Yeah. Like, he's too cool, I think. Maybe yeah. that's that's the way. And, and Stiller's a bit more of like an everyman, I guess. Like, like for, example, yeah. for example, Horrible Bosses, like, he's... He's like the cool one. He's the yeah. level-headed one. That it doesn't work in this type of movie. Yeah, but that's his like typecast. But what what about Fairly Brothers movies in general? Because I I have to laugh. Mm. Like we we were looking this up before the show, so we're like, hey, let's you know make sure we have a good list of the Fairly movies. I mean, we know a lot of them, but just want to see. And I, I think you were joking before we recorded. Like you want to make an I uh, a Wikipedia account just so you can fix this chart. Like explain <laughs> to the listeners like what this chart is. Well, I don't, it's basically a chart of the uh, the titles of the movies that they've either directed, written, or produced. So if both brothers directed it, wrote it, or produced it, the chart says yes. If it's just <laughs> one of them, it just says Peter, because I guess the other brother didn't do anything by himself. And if it's neither, it's no. Now, if that sounded confusing to the listener, I assure you, if you were looking at this chart, you'd be just as confused. It's like... Who's the director of this? Yes. Yeah. That sounds like Vince Clortho, like from <laughs> Ghostbusters, is going to be like writing this chart. Is <laughs> long, long story short, there are two movies in here that were neither directed or written, but only produced by the Fairley brothers <laughs> in their entire uh, filmography that are, uh, for lack of a better word, morally questionable. Yeah. And it's Say It Isn't So and The Ringer. And it's no, it's no coincidence, I feel, that they did not write those movies. Yeah, that's true. But they put their name on it. But I will say this. I'm a fan of Say It Isn't So. It's, I've never seen it. It's, it's it, long, long story short, it's incest comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring, starring Chris Klein and Heather Graham. Sign me up. Uh, yeah. And it's got uh, Orlando Jones, you know. He's always, he's always fun. What do you think of, of the Fairleys in general, right? Are you a fan of their work? I mean, come on. Come on. Dumb and dumber? Come on. I mean, that's all we got to say about that. But yeah, this is kind of like. <laughs> that's all we got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. That's the, what else are we going to say about it, you know? Oh man. This is kind of it, right? So they were kind of like working in this era of late 90s to mid to mid 2000s. Yeah. They had their run. And then they came they had their comeback with Hall Pass and Three Stooges 4 or 5 years later. And Would you that call was, that a comeback? Yeah. Hall Pass <laughs> was, was decent, you know. And then Peter wrote Green Book and wrote directed yeah, yeah. and starred. Yeah. Peter but, was like, <laughs> you just want to yeah. win an Oscar right now? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, but like, obviously you got Kingpin, you got something about Mary, Shallow Hal, you really have some uh, some classics in here. Is the one that stands out to you personally? I wouldn't say, 
I mean, aside from Dumb and Dumber, because it's like cheating. You can't say Dumb, Dumb and Dumber is a great movie, but I this one actually is the one that I think is is the most underrated of their list. But the one that I think is the most classic to me is Kingpin, which I one day we will do on this show. Yeah. I love Kingpin. I love the characters in that movie. I think it's a it's really funny, and yeah. I think that's a really good movie. Yeah, I mean, their first five movies in order were Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, Something About Mary, Outside Providence, and Me, Myself, and Irene. Yeah. I mean, that's – Me, Myself, and Irene is a movie that people forget about that's in Jim Carrey's library, I feel. I feel like it's the forgotten gem of his catalog. But, like, that's, if that's your first five, I mean, that's that's a, that's something a little nuts there. I mean, that, what a hell of an intro. Uh, so, you, I mean, you said there's nothing that needs to be said about Dumb and Dumber. I feel the same about there's something about Mary. Like, that yeah, movie's just yeah, instant classic. Equally, equally classic romantic comedy, goofball comedy. What do you think about, so, I don't know, is there anything that stands out to you on that? I, I, I want to talk about Ben Stiller movies. I think Ben Stiller in general is another area that we got to touch because we, we've had him on here. Uh, what, Heavyweights? I think it was episode 70. Yeah. I don't know that we've had him on much. No, but, I think that was it. That was our only role with him. Yeah, sure. so the triumphant return of, of Ben Stiller, It's it only took, you know, 30-some-plus episodes. But sure. what do you think, it, it, instead of going through his whole filmography, yeah. what do you think is the most underrated Ben Stiller movie? I'll, I'll even let okay. you use Heavyweights. Oh, okay. So, I mean, Heavyweights is not underrated if you know, right? Right. If you know Heavyweights, you know it's underrated. It's just great. But people are sleeping on it, then yeah, it's underrated. But I have a few here I want to point out, and not all of them are movies. Yeah. Am I allowed to say roles? You can say roles. But the number one favorite thing that he's done in his career to me is his Mission Impossible spoof from the MTV Movie Awards. That is all time. Where he plays Tom Cruise's stunt double, Tom Cruise. Cruise. <laughs> that's a good one. I mean, that that's like an all-time comedy sketch performance right there. Secondly, is very under the radar. I don't even know if he was credited in this or not. When he plays the guitar, the guitar store clerk in Stacious Deep and Destiny, yes, where he's telling them about the pick in the back room, and he's got yeah, a crazy, with the crazy, he's got a crazy hair. wig on, crazy yeah. hair, yeah, that's that always sticks the out great to me. And also, part. third cameo is it's not really a cameo; it's like a three story arc in Curb, yeah, where he's feuding with Larry David. He gets stabbed in the eye with the toothpick because Larry didn't know where to put the put the toothpick, and he's in the back seat of the car, and then Larry drops off his his guest in the front seat. And Ben wouldn't get into the front seat. Larry's like, I'm not going to show fur. You get it. <laughs> or no, it was the other way around. Larry yeah. was in the back seat. Yeah. And Larry you wouldn't get, get in the front, front seat. We're only going two blocks. He's like, I'm not going to show fur you. Because I've had that exact same argument with someone. <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't you. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think so that's I, good. I empathize. I empathize. Another, I think a super underrated movie for him, and I don't know if anyone who's listening has ever seen this. Now, b- is, before you go, I oh, wonder. Go I have a couple of movies here, yeah, and I wonder if it's one on my list. You go, it's, go for it. It's. I was going to say Envy. Yes, because it's Envy. It's I envy. really like that movie, it's and such nobody a dumb movie. knows really about it. And yeah. it's it's a great movie. Obviously, like there's there's a run that he had in the '90s into the 2000s where there was just like hit after hit after hit. Like I love Along Came Polly, and I think. The other one that nobody really has seen, and I think this is a really good one. There's a very specific scene that comes to mind, in my mind, where he's riding on a subway, and he's intentionally trying to get sick. It's from a movie <laughs> called Duplex, and if you've Duplex, not seen this, it's Drew him and Drew yeah. Barrymore, and it's a really, really stupid, like, it's like a dark comedy, and it's very funny. Yeah. But Envy and, and Duplex are like two yeah. super underrated movies, I feel, so, that most people don't know about. 
It's funny because Envy and Duplex, it's him and or Envy is him and uh, Jack Black and Jack Black. So it, it might have been at the time where there might have been fatigue of both guys. Yeah. So if you're a casual fan of either or both, you might have been out. All right, I'm done with Jack Black. You know, I don't need to see this movie. But if you know you're 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 up for more good times, that the vaporize, come on. Yeah, vaporize. Great. Vaporize. <laughs> this is a good. <laughs> so that was on my list, and uh, and another one which I feel like probably gets lost in the shovel as a needless remake. But Starsky and Hutch, yeah. is, is legitimately a fantastic comedy. It's just a great movie yeah. in general, and he's awesome in it. He doesn't cry; he works out. Yeah, exactly. Him the the comparisons and 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 the the relationship that he has with you know Owen Wilson's character in that movie is is great. Like they have great chemistry. Yeah, and obviously it started in Zoolander, but uh, I think when you look at that, that's a, most people will write that movie off. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a stupid remake. Dude, we don't need that. But it was really good. And I thought it was, he was great in that. So obviously the other, the hits like meet the parents, something about Mary and all that stuff. But I think it's just, most people haven't seen envy or duplex. And I feel like, yeah. you know, you, I know you and I like those movies. If you're listening to the show and you haven't watched those and you're a fan of Ben Stiller, go yeah. check out those movies. Yeah. You'll definitely I mean, enjoy them. I've been, I've been in on Ben Stiller my whole life. So yeah, yeah. I, I would call myself a fan. Well, let's talk a little bit about his character in this movie, Eddie Cantro. So I, we, we'd be remiss if we don't say this, but this is a remake of a very, very funny or original movie back from 1973, I believe, or four. It's of the same name, Heartbreak Kid. It was starring Charles Grodin, I believe, and, and a couple other people. It was nominated for a couple of Oscars. So it's a very classic. I think it's on the AFI's like 100 funniest movies ever. Ooh. So this is a maybe what you would call an unnecessary remake. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh- some would say it maybe disrespected the original. I've never seen the original, so I'm just going to pretend that this is the one. <laughs> I, I, I honestly had no idea until today. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just It just completely escaped me. I mean, I mean, I've been in the movie business a long time, Drew, and this, is, this movie has just escaped me. Nobody rented the original for you for, for, at Blockbuster? No. They, they asked you for a recommendation? You give them that one? So I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, I love movies, but I'm also not a cinephile. There's a difference. Yeah. So I don't really watch too many movies that were made like, pre-1975 not too many i not to say i haven't seen them but like i don't know i just don't i don't go exploring older movies Listen, like that when from you, that from that era and before when you need to when you're watching deuce bigelow european gigolo yeah you, there's no time for maltese falcon and that's what i'm saying like, like i'd rather watch deuce bigelow european <laughs> gigolo for the 17th time than watch an, a top 100 afi rated all-time <laughs> classic comedy <laughs> I'm sorry. Guilty is charged. I'm sorry. I mean, this is the kind of hard-hitting analysis you get on the Last Row podcast. Like, they're not listening for us to 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 listen to or watch, like, you know, Dr. Strangelove. Like, this is about Do Speak yeah. European Gigolo and I mean, the remake I, of the Heartbreak I'm, Kid. I love I love movies. I'm o- I'm okay on films. All right? Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, but do you love yeah. films? I'm not sure I love films. It's like you know, we asked Vinny Chase. Am I an actor or am I a movie star? He's a he's a movie star. Yes, and I, I like movies. Get the film I, buff. I don't like films. <laughs> so. Now that we got that out of the way, now this movie that we just watched, *Alonky yeah. Polly*. This this film. Oh, *Alonky uh, Polly*. I got *Alonky Polly*. *Alonky Polly*. I wish we watched that one too. That's that's on the on the future list. So let's talk yeah. about Eddie Cantro. So Ben Stiller plays this this guy. He's in his forties. He's a single guy. He got out of a relationship where he was engaged to this woman named Jody for about five years. Would you have gone to, and he gets invited to her wedding? 
Yeah. Would you have gone to this wedding on Valentine's Day without a date? Well, it depends on how they left the relationship. Yeah. Now, forgive me. Do, do you recall, did they say what will happen? I think Why? she got tired of waiting. He, and, he was and just stalling, right? I think so. Okay. I mean, they were engaged for five so years. That's a to, long time. To him, he may have been heartbroken. He might and, have. And he, I guess he called it kind of like, oh, yeah, like his friend says, this is going to be weird. He goes, oh, it's going to be kind of cathartic. Like he wanted closure. Closure. I want closure. Yeah. I don't know. I probably wouldn't have gone. I mean, he got roasted pretty hard a Should few he have times. tried to bring a date? Shouldn't even yeah. try, like try, you even if to. it was like a no, friend. I'm not saying you have to bring a date to every and all weddings, but in that wedding, you have to. But what if they don't give him a plus one? I don't care if you have to rent one, Drew. You got, you got to bring yeah. one. <laughs> Get him, go call it a professional. Yeah. You gotta call him the professional. <laughs> what if he, what if he didn't have a, what if he didn't have a plus one? Like, is that, is that malicious? Like, you know, what oh. her dad says, like, oh, you know, he's the first guy that the, she's marrying yeah. that it wasn't an a-hole. Okay. All right. If she invites him and doesn't give him the option of a plus one, then it's a definite no-go because screw her. What, what do you think? I can't get a date? What do you think? What, what, what's, what's going on here? But what kind of what kind of closure did they leave if they're inviting him, they're putting him at the singles table? It seemed like they were almost vindictive. Now, we could sit here and say it was all coincidental, but... He's at he's at the table with the kids essentially. Yeah. And I mean and they called at the singles table, but she knew. She knew she, what she was she doing. Knew. Listen, when you get he, married, you carefully place people. That was done he, on purpose. He took a he took a risk by going and he got roasted for it. So yeah. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he deserved it too. Let, let me say yeah, that. Maybe he did. Yeah, maybe he, he left he her hanging for five it. years. She probably loved him. That's true. Yeah. She married, you know, as Hank Schrader would say, the the best best man that yeah. that, that he ever met. So yeah. What do you think? So he's also a successful, or we think he's a successful sporting goods owner of a, of a business called Bay City Sports. He seems yep. to know a thing or two about moisture wicking overlayers. <laughs> and women's undergarments, for and sure. Uh, no, I mean, he seems like he, he, he's he got knowledge. He's, you know, environmentally friendly, all, all the materials that he's buying. He seems to have a passion for it. So I, I think... I think the sh- the store will expand, and I would shop there. I, I I'm curious about his business acumen. Is he does he know what he's doing? Like I don't know. And, sure. And who else is involved in this thing? He seemed like he was a good like he was in the community. People knew him. Yeah. And he no, seemed yeah, like he was good with totally. the customers. I think I think that he's a pillar of, of of the San Francisco community, and I would definitely patron his shop, Drew. Let, so we mentioned he's in his he's single. He's in his forties. Can I ask you about him being in his forties, real quick? I hate to yes. cut you off. But this is the only time I could fit it in. He's got like a touch of gray here in this in this movie, yes. Drew. And normally that's not a Ben Stiller look in movies. He's usually jet black, right? Did you find it a little off-putting that he was gray in this movie? Like, was it calculated to show like, oh, look at this guy in his 40s? And does it make him look that much older than Mel and Ackerman? I, I think it was probably done on purpose. And then I was wondering as well, because it's been a while since I've seen it. Is Along Came Polly after or before this? I because feel like they're like within a year of each other. It was within a year of each other, right? Because I, I haven't seen that in a while. And what I was wondering was, was his hair gray in that? Or like, no, does he use touch it, of gray? It, it absolutely was not. So it was definitely was calculated then in that case. And I think yeah. it was to maybe make him seem a little older. Because we don't know how old they were. I mean, he, they said he was in his 40s, but they didn't say anything yeah. about Lila at all. Aloke Polly was three years prior. Prior. Yeah. So maybe he did gray up a little bit. Maybe he grayed, grayed up. But I, I feel like why did they keep a signature look of black? Like a, I feel like the gray overcompensated for his age. Like we it didn't have to get it shoved old. in our face. Hey, this guy's older than her. Yeah, I don't. It, know. it, it probably it made, it made him purpose. seem more neurotic. I don't know. 
it, it probably was done on purpose. Right. Like we were saying, he's he's in his forties. He's a little gray, <laughs> but he's also single. So he dated Jody for five years, like we said before. It doesn't seem like he's really interested in you know maybe getting married. It seemed like you know he's going to be engaged for five years. He wasn't really interested in that. His dad and 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 Mac, his his friend Rob Corddry, who's pretty awesome as a side character in this movie, they're giving him crap about you know he's not really dating around. There's a couple of choice words that his dad, who is his <laughs> real life father, says to him, which would make me pretty uncomfortable. I don't know. Do you think they were putting too much pressure on him to get get with somebody or get with people? Like, Absolutely. what do you think about that kind of pressure? Because I, I think it's. Just let the guy be. Absolutely. And I'm not I'm not about to give people life lessons here on the Last Row podcast, but you know, this sometimes that's what we're here for, right? Spew some truths. So I mean, I wouldn't say I'm in the exact same situation as this guy, but you know, I'm in my upper thirties and I'm not married. And I'm not about to get pressured to get married by anybody, whether I'm in a relationship or not. You know what I mean? There's no need to force marriage on anyone just because because 40 doesn't equal marriage right. or a, an age doesn't equal marriage. Like why marry – like the perfect example is Rob Corddry's relationship with his wife yeah. in the movie where he's married. He's talking about you got to do it, but he's miserable. But like that doesn't have to be life. Exactly. You don't have to be married just because you. Th- it's time to be married. Oh, but the second half of my life is just going to be utter chaos and and, and, uh, and garbage and I have to put up with it. You know, like what? what why is that a thing? Yeah. Ma- marriage equals finding the right person. And, right. and Eddie is the poster child for that in yeah. this movie. And if you yeah. ever want to know, that's that's what this movie is all about. It's it's he clearly wasn't ready to marry this girl. And his I mean, he he got talked into it, but he also made the choice himself. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. By, by yeah, he got he got tag teamed by his friend and dad, and also her stipulation of, oh, they're gonna make me move to Germany unless you're married. Yeah. No, I don't think that was intentionally led on by her. It might have been, but I didn't catch it as that. But all three together made him pull the trigger on something he was definitely not ready for. Well, let, let's talk about Lila then, because he meets her in a street encounter. Is that, is that <laughs> a what street you encounter? <laughs> That's one way to go. Is it like, what's the Craigslist thing where I saw you on the street? <laughs> I saw you on the street. You were getting mugged. <laughs> <laughs> he left. I forgot what it's called. Missed encounters or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like. <laughs> You were the girl that I got your underwear. <laughs> I got your underwear, David Bowie on him. But he meet, he meets her in a street encounter. Like, what's your take on that? Was it serendipity? Like, what would you call it? That's serendipity. I mean, for good or for better or for worse, right? And my, I mean, my first question on that whole encounter is: is what would I do? What would you what do? Would I, what would I do? What would you do if a mugger just biked right into you and you had the eye to eye with him? You don't see a weapon on him, so it's hand-to-hand. He's got a vehicle, which maybe makes him more vulnerable. It's yeah. not like a horse. So if you're on a horse <laughs> with a sword, you definitely have advantage. We know that. But he's on bike. He's going uphill. It's 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 San Francisco, San Francisco man. He so have, he was going uphill. He's got thick calves So he's at a that. disadvantage. The biker's at a disadvantage. <laughs> but he gets past him, gets sprayed with the perfume. He gets past him. What would you do? If you were encountered, forget beautiful woman, ugly man, whoever was getting mugged, you're the hero here, or you're the you're the you're the looky loo that hey, lets man. the guy go. Who are you? 
I I love Batman, but I'm not I'm not about you, to be trying to be him. Are you trying? You're not trying to be Batman? Because <laughs> I because I I'll, I'll probably be the one that gets stabbed. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're gonna try if you can try to stop him. If you if he bumps you, maybe you try to grab it. The guy had yeah. coke all over his face. You could yeah. see it. So clearly, he was on something. Here's but, what I here's what I would do, and maybe this is more cowardly. Is I, I would take a fake bump. You would. <laughs> I I would pretend to wrestle with him. And then I'd like fling myself into the building. And, oh, he got me. I tried. <laughs> Which he kind of did. I mean, he got sprayed. He did. And that was enough to like disarm him. Did you ever get perfume in your face? I, I feel like it would it would really be I worse mean, than mace. I don't know about worse, but certainly wouldn't feel good. <laughs> it might be worse than mace. So we've established that we're both cowards one way or the other. I think we're, we're I mean, cowards. It's, it's not worth getting stabbed over, I feel. And, and you know what? Like it was the purse. Obviously, it was a bad thing. He tried let's, to he tried to save her. Let's say you're a single man. Yeah. And it's 2005 and the muggy was Alicia Cuthbert. <laughs> would you would your muscles get bigger at All that right. point? So I, I'm not trying to be Batman, but you know, you're speaking <laughs> to my kryptonite here. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do go sometimes, Superman. right? Yeah. That that's I mean, go go back to our episode on the girl next door. You know, that's that's what I'll say. Yeah. But I think I think, I think it's pretty dangerous to try to try to be a vigilante while you're trying to do that. I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but it's I mean, tough. You're you're wearing the hype the the the, the theoretical hockey hockey pads in this scenario. Well, if, are, if I had if I'm walking around wearing Kevlar, then I'll, I'll try to stop. <laughs> if you're wearing the hockey pads, it's it's better. I don't than have any hockey pads. Yeah. So what about the fact that? This purse is stolen, and he tries. He tries to be the hero. He does, and he gets yeah. perfumed in the face, and he goes after her. And his dad and his friend give him crap for not asking for her number. Yes, he played it pretty serious. He played it like he was trying to help her. He does pick up her underwear, which is an awkward scenario, and he gives it back to her. They had a nice little encounter. It seemed like they were into each other. Should he have asked for her phone number? Is it appropriate to, to hit on somebody after they got mugged? Probably not, but he probably should have said, hey, uh, it seems like you're a little shaken up. Do you want to go grab a cup of coffee? Yeah. Or do you want to grab a beer? Like that would, I feel like that would be a natural like segue. And then at the restaurant or at the bar or at the coffee shop, wherever you want to be, then you can kind of feel out the situation. But for him to just leave, he didn't even get anything. No number, no contact, no nothing. So if she never shows up at a store, it never happens again. What about the fact that, so here's maybe a different way to say it, because I agree with you. If he didn't try to be Batman and he didn't try to stop her and then he tried to hit on her, that's absolutely a violation. Yeah. But maybe because he tried to help, if he would have asked her for a cup of coffee, like imagine the scenario where he doesn't help and he's like, not my problem. At least he got got sprayed in the face for it. So, you know, at least there was effort. But no, he he was a fool for not at least extending a hand at some point. Yeah, I think it, it was clearly there was chemistry there, but even, maybe yeah, he felt bad. I don't know. Even without any uh, you know romantic uh, interests, just to say, hey, it looks like you know this uh, that, that was to make bad sure there. she's okay. He's trying to make do sure want, she's. Do you want right. to calm down, get a cup of coffee, have a beer, or something like that? He cares. All my my treat, you know that kind of thing. But yeah, he dropped the ball. I, I agree with his his dad and friend. Yeah, so you agree, but not Maybe to not. the extreme that they describe it. That he should have crushed it. That's yeah, that, you know, yeah. just crushing it. Yeah. So what? So basically, she shows up back at the store. He has her underwear, and these guys are like creeping out over it, which is which is a little creepy. But 
She does. He told her where she was. He worked at the store. He owned the place. She came in. So she was clearly, you know, interested in meeting him or, or learning more about him. And she admits as much. Mr. Really didn't want to get married, gets coerced essentially or pressured into, hey, she's the perfect girl. You got to marry this girl. You got to marry this girl. And they show montages of their relationship and they show them getting to know each other. Did they even talk in any of these? Like all they were showing was them making out the whole yeah. time. I mean, that was it. And I think that's a calculated decision to show that they really didn't think this through at all. It was a six week fling that turned into a wedding. Yeah. And if you marry someone that you don't know, then you get the ensuing antics. And maybe, and maybe this is how it turns out. Yeah. So I, I, maybe I'll ask you a loaded question. Was she really that bad? Was she all that bad? Like starting in the in the car ride to Cabo. Yeah, I guess was where we would start. Yeah. No. Like no. what are what are her annoy what are his annoyances with her? Maybe like I think that's that's a way that you positioned it earlier, and I think it's yeah. maybe a good way to look at it. So this is this is jumping through the whole movie here. I wrote down seven or eight or so quote unquote annoyances. These are not my thoughts. These are things that annoyed him. First of all, was at the wedding. He found out that his mom quote unquote did not does not age gracefully, as his friend would put it. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I mean, that doesn't say one thing or the other, but all it says yeah. is is that superficially. He's a little concerned about that. And that's not something he checked up on beforehand. If that's something that concerns him. Which which raises flags about him is what I would yeah, say. Right. Never met his mom. Never met her mom until the wedding day. Uh, two. <laughs> Driving down to Cabo, she's singing for every song. And yeah, it's annoying. For sure it's annoying. Singing in his face. This, that, and the other. Yeah, this is the next 40 to 50 years. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a little thing. And it's the first time it's happened. So don't jump down someone's throat for their quirks on day one. You know, you could talk to her, you know, a week later. Hey, you know what, honey? This kind of bugs me. Number three, <laughs> holding of- hands at breakfast. Yeah. You need two hands to eat. Like, or, or if I'm being real here. He had good technique there with the, yeah. with the napkin. Yeah, it was awkward, though. It was awkward. But he, he took it in stride. But uh, again, he's the meter's rising, right? The red, the red meter. You're watching rising. the like the thermometer is about yeah, to burst. Thermometer, yeah, yeah, it's rising. So when they pull off to get a motel and uh, and they get down to business, he <laughs> is put off by how like overly sexual she is, like in an intimidating fashion. Well, because well, they they specifically did not they did not make love. Yes, for lack of a better better term, specifically before the wedding. They, yeah, they, she wanted to wait. Right. Yeah. So he had no idea. Yep. And then uh, post-coitus, just her being annoying, <laughs> touching him, drawing circles around his nipple. She <laughs> says he doesn't like it, so she starts drawing squares. It's like that's kind of like a, hey. like a dim thing where, like, all right, this girl. She he listen. said circles. She didn't, he didn't say anything about squares. <laughs> I mean, triangles, rhombuses. <laughs> How many more shapes should they have yeah. gone through is what yeah. they should. And again, they're small things, but these are things you learn about someone before you ask them to marry him. Yeah. Right. You probably should know that. All right. Then we get to the big stuff when we get to the honeymoon, as in she finds out that she told him that she was a, what, what did she call it? A, an environmental, an environmental researcher. researcher when, she, when he asked what her job was. But come to find out, it's not her job. She, she's a volunteer. She yeah. makes zero money. She has no income. She has no job. She volunteers to clean up oceans. Did he ask? Yes. 
But he didn't really ask. He asked, what's your job? And she says, I'm an environmental researcher, a.k.a. I volunteer. A job is not a volunteer. And they have this they have this argument in the movie. A job is not equal a volunteer. It's a hobby. But what does he do? Or what does she do? That's what she does. She volunteers. She does. Yeah, that's all she does. You know, she what do vol- I do? I, I play Xbox. That's what I yeah. do. It's not my job. You're, you're a yeah. amateur video game, video yeah. game expert. What do you do? I have a podcast. It's, it's certainly yeah. not my main income. It's definitely not <laughs> a job. <laughs> we volu- we volunteer yeah. for, the, for the podcast. Yeah. It's like if I if I met someone and they asked me what my job was, so yeah, you know, I'm a podcaster. We, I we volunteer here. I would say, you know, I'm an inventory specialist, and my hobby is podcasting. I thought you were. I thought you were bringing. I thought you were bringing your income to this to this yeah. podcast because I don't have one for this. Oh, oh man, <laughs> this is. It must be it must be some kind of charity situation. We but we volunteer. Was that really wrong? Was it wrong of him? To, was it wrong for her, or was it just again another situation where she wasn't really thinking what he was I don't, asking? I don't think it was a malicious lie of omission. I think yeah. it was she's dim. Like you didn't think she was intentionally lying. Like no, oh, I'm going to get this I, guy. I just think him. she's like kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah, and it's nothing to be mad at about her. It's that he didn't get to know her, and, and, she, and she him. He should have known. I'm sorry. You don't ask once. What do you do? You're an environmental researcher. He didn't even go with her to her job. He knew nothing about yeah. the job or volunteering. So I blame him on that. There's, there's yeah. no. That's not her fault. So kind of related to the no income thing is she has twenty six thousand of debt resulting from her cocaine habit. <laughs> she didn't even say she owes credit card debt. She says no. she owes guys twenty six thousand dollars. So this is like drug Whoa, dealers and stuff. What kind right? of people does she owe money to, and what kind of danger is she? And now he in. Yeah. Again, I don't think it was on purpose. I mean, you know, some people never, have student well, loan debt, and, 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 then, and, and like there's a write off for every one of these things, Drew. So she told him earlier in the movie, "I have a deviated septum." Right. It's annoying. This annoying deviated septum. She, by saying that, she thought she was saying, yeah, I have a deviated septum. That means I have a coke problem. But that does not equal that at all. It, like some deviated septums are resulted from snorting too much cocaine. Not all. Some are just born sinus related. I, yeah. I, I, I had a deviated septum. I'd have a coke I know problem people that have, when I was yeah. 16. <laughs> he, he was eight. <laughs> like he calls out. She's like, oh, well, how do you know? How do you know? Yeah. Yeah, I did not have a coke problem when I was sixteen. That that was that was twenty four, Drew. Not yeah, 16. that was later, much yeah. later in life. Yeah. Then she gets major sunburn, and then she blames him for quote being right about the sun. Well, he was kind of bossy about that sunscreen, wasn't he? So yeah, she she uh she ignored the sunscreen out of spite because she didn't want him to be right. Let me tell you, like I was in Mexico one time and one minute outside in the sun, and I I was burning. Like the sun is need- different. The sun's different out yeah, here. Yeah, the, the, the sun, sun is, is really the sun. strong down there. The sun is the sun. Let me tell you, it's you cannot use mineral oil. You will burn. Yeah. You will bubble. Like she's lucky she didn't get like like whatever. The, I don't remember the degree of burns. Which one's higher, first or third? But yeah. she's lucky she wasn't in the hospital after that. And then finally, when he's trying to bring up with her at the very end of the movie, she misread it as him moving to Germany so she can pursue her hobby. Which again, like it's already it's already over and done with, but. This girl's not very smart, is she? I mean, I, you know, it's a misunderstanding, right? It's what yeah. he, she's jumping to conclusions. She, why would she think he's going to divorce her at the honeymoon? Like, think about it from her perspective. He wasn't really treating her with a lot of respect either. No. When you think about it. So but, we see it from his perspective. What right. about her perspective? Right. So this movie is shot through his eyes, basically, right? Right. They don't really hate 
him as a sympathetic figure, though. No, they don't. So it's not like they're she's terrible. It's just that a lot of of annoying qualities are coming out of this girl. And what it boils down to is that these are the type of things you learn when you live with someone. They haven't, they haven't even lived together yet. Like, I assume like it might have been the second or third night they ever spent together was the first night of the honeymoon, right? It's true. I mean, you know, I, that, I, they've never spent the night together at all. The car ride from San Francisco to Cabo. They didn't even take a plane. They took a car ride. Yeah. Being in the car for, I don't know, a dozen hours, maybe more. I don't know the time frame there, but yeah, that trip in and of itself is a test of wills. It's it is true. a test of relationship. How can I stand someone sitting right next to me enclosed in a car for 12 straight Cooper, hours? In a Mini Cooper, no less. Yeah, in a Mini Cooper. Not just, <laughs> not just a Cooper. <laughs> the Mini. A Mini Cooper. They're not even like a, like a van yeah. or like a bus. Yeah. It's <laughs> so what it boils down to is, is that they don't know each other. And yeah. he's making that out to be as that of like, oh my God, I can't stand her. But it's not her. It's the situation. I mean, look, relationships are about compromise. Relationships are about, I'm not going to go all Mr. Rogers on you here, but <laughs> it's its about compromise. And yeah, maybe she could have been a little annoying yeah. singing there, but he was doing stuff that, okay. you know, maybe she, maybe she, she didn't outright lie to him. It seemed, no. right? So, okay. So having said everything that she quote unquote did in his eyes, and before we get to what he did, which yeah. was a, a shorter list, but a far more vo- uh, <laughs> devious. volatile list, the devious <laughs> list, you know, the subreddit AITA, right? Yeah. Am I the asshole? Yes. I mean, if this scenario were planted on Reddit, am I the asshole? Yeah. I mean, who would it skew towards? We have previously mentioned, and we have our boy Ben Stiller here. What's his name? I already forget it. Eddie Cantro. Edmund Cantro? Ed, Edmund? Edward. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me that. <laughs> so all he did was just go on two day dates, like flat out, back to back, seven, eight hour, 12 hour dates yeah. with this chick Miranda that he just happens to meet Picks at a bar honeymoon. while he was down having a drink while his poor wife was upstairs being suffering from sunburn. So, it's uh, true. Do you want to talk about Eddie and his, uh, is, is, is flagged with Miranda and his violations. Well, let, let me ask you this first before we, before we say that, if there was no Miranda, like, let's say there wasn't another woman, let's say, you know, it was just them dealing with the annoyances or whatever on the honeymoon. Do you think he would have rolled with it or could he have made the relationship work? Like, would it, would it have been okay? This kind of is See, frustrating, but. See, this this is this is a depressing life, Drew. And you know, yeah. I hate to think of the scenario where the Miranda of the situation doesn't exist. Yeah. Because if it does, it's clear that they don't belong together. Yeah, right? they're incompatible. But if this Miranda girl did not exist, he didn't meet her. He went down to the bar for that drink and had his drink, went back upstairs, got annoyed by her again. She made him mad. He makes her mad. This would have gone on for 50 years. You think so? Yeah. I, I they really wouldn't do. have got to know each other, and like you know why? Because his trust circle is his idiot friend. That's and true. His, and his horn dog father. That's true. Who would scream at him if he ever whispered the word divorce? That's true. What are you nuts? You just met the girl. She's fine. You're just this. You're acting like you've always been. You're never satisfied. You got to stay together. It's not that bad. It's well, you. It's not her. When you put it like that, right, <laughs> Dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I guess you're right, but I also feel like. 
he didn't really know her. So he's, look, there's things where two people can be incompatible for sure. Absolutely. And I think they're incompatible. But then there's also the fact that like, maybe he just didn't know her that well. And as they got to know each other, they would learn each other's quirks and things like that. But Uh, yeah, probably not. I I just think they're, on two totally different planes. That's true. That's and true. his trust circle is untrustworthy and is not going to give him good advice. So he's going to be, just like he was guilted in a marriage, he's going to be guilted yeah. into staying in that marriage. Fair enough. What, oh, then let's talk about his violations then. So so what are his? Oh, yeah. All he did was lie and say that he was married and it turned into a joke that he was married to Miranda. You know, when he was about to confess to her that, yeah, I'm married. Before they even like, did anything malicious and it turned into a seven hour drinking session with her and her entire family, which were lovely, by the way, it's the kind of family you wish you had, right? I mean, no offense to, to my family or your family or anybody's family that we know. That's like the best family. They, even, they had even a good we, thing going. Even the weirdo Danny McBride, like he's still like charming. It is doofus self, right? You had the progressive girl, you know, you have Danny McBride. Yeah. Yeah. They're just nice people. You got Bew, you know, <laughs> Bew. The guy from uh, Walking yep. Dead. So uh, after having a seven-hour fling with Miranda and her entire family, got to know them all, know them more than they, he knows her, more than he knows his wife, he goes back upstairs. She's awake. Where have you been? Lies to her. Boom. Oh, you know, I was here. I was there. I was everywhere. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to disturb you. Blah, 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 blah. Right? The next day, goes out again after she is understandably upset about being sunburned. Like, she's like a... Crazy amount of pain, right? That would that would make anybody nuts, yeah. I feel. Even though if it's and your like, own fault. Right, right. And like she's in a bad mood, which understandable. You know, you got to let that slide. But that doesn't mean you go on a day date all the way across <laughs> Mexico with this girl you just met, having the time of your life. <laughs> they were playing soccer in the streets. Yeah, yeah. Getting uh, hand, hand ground corn tortillas yeah. ma- made <laughs> on the stone. Petting rats, you know? Yeah, they... But but the 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 truth Pound is pounding whiskey at Manuel's, Drew. Yeah, come well, on. The, the truth is, and this goes back to what you said about them being incompatible. They knew right away he wanted to go out fishing and he wanted to go deep sea fishing. Yep. And right away she says, "I can't. I'm, I don't do boats. Yeah, I don't do boats. I don't do boats." And then Miranda's like, "Hey, we're gonna go deep sea fishing. You coming?" Yeah. So it was like instantly. Yeah. It was what he didn't have. Yeah. And his to, eyes got bigger. Yeah. Do you want to ride donkeys? They have this whole burrow thing. And she's like, oh, I don't know. It's too dangerous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he really wanted to do it. And so Miranda, they, Miranda brought it up like, oh, let's do this. And he's like, oh, my God, girl, my dreams. And I'll be honest, like whether Miranda is actually the right person for him or not, TBD for a couple minutes yeah. here. But instantly she is more appealing from a compatibility yeah. and yeah. chemistry standpoint going yep. into the movie, right? So then after, after, you know, the freaking nine hour day date where, you know, he said that he was golfing with the Patagonia, the head, the head cheese of Patagonia. Six toe. Yeah. With six toe, you know, (laughs) one of the most elaborate lies. (laughs) Like it's one thing to say, Hey, I was downstairs, whatever. But like the degree that he went into that lie, like put him into like villain scale territory. We won't do it, but no, it's close. It's close. But, But then afterwards where he's. Well, I got to go to dinner now with these people to close the deal. This is big for our store. This is our future, honey. Really, it's his future, his future wife, his future ex-wife, right? <laughs> she had no interest. So that he makes up an elaborate tale about why he has to go to dinner with these people to to leave her in the room for basically 48 hours at this yeah. point, right? And, and she's like, you know what? Fine. You know, this is important. Let me throw something on. I'll come with you. No, wait, honey. Actually, it's on a boat. 
He goes, it's on a little 12 foot inflatable job. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can't go. You know, I can't go on boats. So he's like, boom, got it. Out for the date. Real scumbag move through. It was complete scumbag. I mean, if that didn't put him on villain's this, territory. This is what made him the villain of the movie right here. That that move. That was really messed up. And and look, it's one thing if you don't like her or not, but come on, that was pretty bad. It, it was pretty bad. And so let me, let's wrap up her and him because I want to talk about him and Miranda. I think, you know, from his, from my perspective, he made no effort to really get to know her. He should have married her from the beginning and that's pretty, pretty damn obvious. Yeah. I don't think but, that she tried to get him to marry her by moving to Rotterdam or, or saying that, right? I, again, I think it was just another I, I, one. She I, wasn't very. Yeah, she wasn't really it. thinking about it. I don't think that it, it, it came up at all. Because I think there's a, there's a section of people that maybe think that she did this on purpose to try no. to do this. I don't think she did. I think she would have gone happily gone to Germany had he not been, had she not met him. Yeah. So now it's the complicated thing. Oh, my, my quote unquote job versus my boyfriend. They're pulling me away. I really like right. this guy, that kind of thing. I, so, yeah, I think, I think we could say that I don't think she did it on purpose. Okay. So she didn't lie, but she was kind of dim and little misinformed and kind of was vague on some things. Right. I, I feel un- unintentionally. And he flat out lied to her multiple times. Yes, and went on dates with this girl. So obviously he in the Reddit and the Reddit subreddit he is the asshole. 100%. So, but my question is: is like, is it okay to pursue the girl of your dreams when you find her happened to be on the honeymoon with the girl you just married? Like, no. If, it, if it's destiny, if it's destiny, you know. I'll say this. And and this is a good, the perfect segue to Eddie and Miranda. In hmm. what world did he think this was going to work? Like, forget work. It, but I, forget work. Look, I guess the heart wants what it wants. It's, yes, but, exactly. Like, if it was meant to be. But like, it wasn't. He went about it the complete wrong way. But what if, new movie, he was 100% honest with Malin Ackerman the second he knew, yeah, then it's fine. He had deep feelings for Miranda. He knew this. This is my soulmate. I just met. I can't believe this is happening. I made a big mistake. In the scenario that he finds this girl, goes immediately up to the up to the bedroom and says, oh, "This is this isn't right. We're done." Like in a nice way. However, he wants yeah. to do it, and then he immediately tells Miranda, "Like, hey, I should have told you that I was here. I I didn't think that I should tell you because I didn't think it would have mattered, but I got to know you." Even then, yeah. if you're Miranda, she's going to be like, this guy's a creep. He's here on his honeymoon. I'm not his soulmate. He knew me for five you, minutes. But if you're honest from the beginning and up front and he says, listen, you know, friends talked me into this. I got spooked. I married her. I made a big mistake. I don't know this girl. I don't know what's going on. Maybe she would still be scared off by that. This guy doesn't have That's what together. I mean. Yeah. You know, you want to talk about making, to yeah. go to a job job interview, right? <laughs> you You don't like play on your phone during the job interview. That's yeah. like the equivalent of like yeah. playing so, on your phone during yeah. the job interview. Yeah. So and what makes him the biggest asshole is, is that he's hedging most yes. of this time where it's he like, is. he doesn't, he's not sure about if, you know, he's just, he's going out with Miranda. Yes. He's, he's pretty much dating her, but still keeping his wife on the side in case that doesn't case. work out. Then, then, then uh, Lila will never know. And just, then he can go back to being married. So he's being a real scumbag here. But I, I just wonder if there's a world where this could all make sense, where he was just honest with everyone. Like in a real life scenario, if he were just Mr. Honesty, could he have could he have s- successfully switched 
from Lila to Miranda. Now, of course, Lila would be crushed, right? Right. But like, you got to do what you got to do uh, for true love. Is there a possibility where this is real and this could happen? I think it it's probably has happened in life. All cards but I would table. say that the 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 odds of it being successful are probably like I, I don't even know what the betting odds would be. I'll say maybe twenty percent chance of success. I, really, I, I was gonna go like one out of a hundred or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 so it's yeah twenty is awful, but it, yeah. it's very very low. It could maybe happen. Yeah. But the, the fact that he's trying to pick her up, regardless of how well he knew, because she doesn't know him. Yeah. Like, this think Miranda about this girl, the guy tells you, I didn't know her. I, I got yeah. goaded into it. Like, what? This Miranda girl has to be put off the second she realizes her creep radar is going to be He's up. on his honeymoon, whether or not it was minute one that they met or in this movie where she found out entirely too late. Because in that scenario, what kind of guy meets somebody and marries yeah. them within, you know, yeah. for her, right? She seems yeah. like a nice person. A pretty like level-headed person. Because I mean, so yeah. T- talk about what. It, why does he like Miranda? So compare him to Lila. Like what? What? What is in it for him to maybe yeah. want to make the switch? They seem to have the same kind of sarcastic sense of humor. They seem to be. Uh, I don't know. A little more adventurous with with social things. She's a uh, uh, you know a lacrosse coach. He's a sports shop owner. They have the sports thing in common. The whole family's got sports in common. And I think the family plays a part in it too. The, he meets the family right away and they yep. hit it off immediately. So like he's already like accepted by the whole family. So that's got to feel good for him too. Especially like since like his only other family at home is his dad. Who's like yeah. just a weird sex freak. <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> Jerry Stiller. <laughs> sex freak. <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, I, I think the other interesting thing is like he got to know Miranda and her family in in one night of drinking more than he knew his own wife yeah, in yeah. six weeks of dating. Yeah. If, if you he really had that kind of it. night if he had that kind of night with Lila six weeks ago, they might have both found out that this this isn't gonna work. So is it is this like you should go on vacation like to find out whether somebody's worth it or not? I, I recommend going on vacation before you propose to someone. Sure. Yeah. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Because then you find out like, okay, what are they into? Yeah. What are, you know? It's it's Yeah, close quarters. Go you know, close quarters with someone multiple nights in a row. And you, you have find to figure the quirks. out can you what, live with the quirks? Yeah. And that's then you thing. have to figure out do you want to do the same things together? Yeah. Are you gonna make yeah. compromises? Like sure. it's it's probably a good test. We all have quirks. He might be a boat enthusiast. Yeah. And if she's scared of the boat, that's like a big part of his life, you know, or, you know, theoretically, it could be anything. I don't know. So, you know, we'll talk about meeting on vacation. Miranda and Eddie don't know each other in real life, right? The real world outside yeah. of, you know, this resort in Cabo. Could their relationships actually work? Like, forget, forget this. Like, do you think they're compatible as people? Sure. I, I think, I think the chemistry was there. It was obvious. I mean, it might have been in comparison to how incompatible he and Lila were, but sure. I mean, he seemed part of the family. He seemed like right away, boom, instant, instant match. Let's talk about the actual classic misunderstanding. So you, you set it up a little bit earlier. You said that they were at the bar and these, this couple asked them, she's there. He, he ran into her before the whole videotape incident and all that stuff. They kind of, you know, she got to meet him and all that. He answers truthfully. They say, are you here on your honeymoon? And he yeah. says, yes, I am. And this whole thing starts yeah. this, then, this path, then, right? 
she took it upon herself to go like to make it a joke. Yeah, she thought he like, was yeah, kidding. we're married. Yeah, we're on our honeymoon because he he didn't give she didn't give him time to say, yeah, it's my honeymoon. My wife's upstairs, actually. Like he was about to say that. And then she went in for the joke because she thought he was joking. Well, and to, like, get, get a free drink out of the family. And they, they set it up so that he couldn't really say like, well, let me let me ask you this way. When should he have told her? Like, should he have told her that night when they gave him the shots and that she's like, well, you can't get out of this. Like, he should have said, no, I'm really here on my honeymoon. Like, yeah. I'll drink the shots with you and hang out. My wife's that, upstairs. Yeah. He he couldn't say it at the bar because he would have embarrassed her, and, like, in front of the bar. Right. Because she made the joke. It's like, you got to go along. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we're married. You know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, once, once they sat down, she, he should have said, yeah, actually, they sent us these shots that for our honeymoon, but in actuality, I am in my honeymoon. Yeah, that's the exact moment he should have come clean. Well, and and let's say that he did. So he doesn't, obviously. He doesn't yeah. do to the end. At what point was it actually too late to tell her? Like, during this whole process. Like, okay, he didn't tell her that night. Maybe he was embarrassed. Maybe he was, I didn't know what to do. And then we had a bunch yeah. of drinks and I felt uncomfortable and I didn't want to make you feel weird. Whatever it was, but like, at what point did he actually blow this whole thing? Like, dude, there's no going back. It was the next morning when he had the breakfast in his hand, and he was bringing a clearly food for two people up to his room. Bub said to her, and they had the family, and she goes, "Hey, it looks like you got a, bre- a lot of a lot of breakfast there." And he's like, "Oh, I'm carb loading." He's, he pulls you a know? Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, total lie. Right there was the was the lie that he's alone when he should when in fact is with his wife, but. I even understand him lying there because the whole family. Family, there. yeah, the family. I think, realistically, when they finally meet up later on that day to go on that day date, before they leave, it was his obligation to tell her. I agree. I had a great time last night. I made a really big mistake. Here's what happens. Honestly, I'm married. I made a horrible mistake. I didn't, I shouldn't have married her. Uh, I realized that before I even met you, but after I met you, I realized that. There's something between us, and I, I want to seek this out. That kind of thing. That's like that's more honest than I feel like anyone would ever be with anyone in that's the history true. of life. It's like <laughs> it's almost unrealistic to be that honest with someone that's in that true. scenario. You know what I'm saying? It is. But that's what should have happened. If we're playing this by the book, by the book, that's true. And then when he got home from that day date, he breaks up with his wife immediately. Not yeah. lying about Sixto and, and the big <laughs> the big cheeses over at Patagonia. Patagonia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll allow him the lie that he was outside till 4 a.m. even though the bar closed at 2. I'll allow him that lie because he technically wasn't on a date with her. It was That's just true. She he was hanging out with with her family. That's all true. of them. Which, that's which what, yeah, yeah, could be realistic, and and she only asked him at the very end when they were when they were when they were smoking, right? Yeah. Oh, do you do you have a a, a girlfriend or something? And, and that's when she mentioned that she was on a break from her, you know, her fiance or, or her boyfriend at the time, yeah. and all that. So he got to know her, and it wasn't romantic at that time. Like maybe they were flirting and stuff, but yeah, they were they were not even close to like they were gonna kiss or anything. Yeah, it was, they were just hanging out. It wasn't intentionally. Yeah. He was cheating on his wife, but when he started going on dates, like yeah, yeah. I know there was no physical funny business, but you he was emotionally cheating when he started to like go on the dates and do the lies and all that stuff. No, and it was clear that they were into each other that day. Like, that's when the relationship formed. But it should have been stated before they went on that trip. Because him going on that trip without telling either of them is hedging. Equals cheating. Okay, this whole thing blows up in his face. 
it just blows up like a nuclear explosion. He gets obviously what he deserved for doing this whole thing. It was barely, you know, it was already a long shot that he could even make it work with Miranda, knowing the fact that this happened. She finds out anyway. Is there any scenario in the world that he could actually get her back? So you mean when he returns from Mexico, like when it's all said and done? That, yeah, I mean, yeah. Mexico aside, like just even the fact that she knows that this happened, like he has to go through that. Which, by the way, might have been the best 10 minutes of the movie is yeah. him being stranded in Mexico. But that's that's neither here nor there. I, I, mean, I joked in the beginning it was yeah. too long, but it actually was too yeah. short, actually. Yeah. I mean, obviously him sneaking to the bedroom and whispering to her his confession and professing his thing. love. <laughs> the most ridiculous. He broke into her house. Yeah. Right. Looking but, like like he was like he didn't even take a shower. Like he was all he was still like fully like on on the run. You, you know, know the beard. Mexico. You know the beard they do to the guy Aaron in Jackass? Yeah, the pube that's, beard. That's yeah. the that's, that's the beard, kind of the that beard he had. When they made him that's all I could think about. Yeah. You talk about wispy beard. Yeah. That's the wispiest of all his, beards. His skin was like leather. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine how bad he must have smelled? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. didn't change his clothes. Like he didn't change I, his clothes. I think what they say, Lila stole his passport. She burned everything. She burned his clothes. <laughs> stole his passport. Stole his wallet. I like how his answer to get back is to talk to Carlos Mencia. He's going to sneak him over the border. Like, don't call the yeah. embassy. He's like, oh, I have to wait a month to get my papers. Yeah. It probably took him three months to get back over anyway. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'm an American. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. Is There's there a scenario no. where she, this yeah. could happen? No, even if he did it the right way, cleaned himself up, you know, got himself together, met her at a uh, at a very appropriate time and place. No, it's like he's the ultimate creep. Like, there's no explaining away after you get caught red-handed doing what he did. So I asked my wife while I was watching this with her. I said, when he showed up at their house, like, is he just some crazy guy that they met on vacation? Like, oh my yes. God, this guy again? Yeah. And to him, like, this is his entire life. Yeah, they like, knew him for 72 hours. To them, it was Tuesday. It's like them, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> you know, it's like a Tuesday, and this yeah. random guy so showing up. To to them, they are sitting at breakfast. You know, a couple weeks after this happened, and going, remember that? Crazy you remember that crazy guy, Edward? <laughs> what was up with that guy? And he seemed like a nice go. guy. He turned into a total nutball. And him, he's on the hammock, <laughs> ear blanking Manuel yeah. for for a month about. His long lost love, Miranda. It's two different sides here, two different coins. I just think it's so funny that like it meant his entire life, and to them, like, did he ruin their vacation? Would you would you say he ruined it? Or no, no, no he, they I just kind of let it go. It, but he kind of like he definitely was a was a memory. But let me let me let me tell you. Now this is just uh, this is getting off topic. But I'm sorry, it's. 7 a.m. the yeah. next morning. Uh, <laughs> we're we're recording this. this for six hours. I'm going to make it five hours of cuts. <laughs> what kind of people take a family vacation to Cabo every year, which they say they do here in this movie, I mean, to renew their vows? Peter McAllister and his... <laughs> yeah. So this this couple, Boo and the wife... Beryl. I, uh, what's the wife's name? Beryl. Beryl and Boo? You. They, so they renew their vows in Cabo every year, and every year it's a family get-together in Cabo. Who's paying for this? Is it is it boo every time? I like, don't know. So we're just having Cabo vacations every year to renew vows? Like, that's pretty vain, isn't it? Where's Uncle Frank? Look, I, I mean, you you may or may not be one of my best friends. I mean, that hasn't been established. But, like, 
if you're renewing your vows every year in Mexico, I'm probably going to say no after a while. No, I can't make it. <laughs> you're going to get tired of Mexico? Yeah. You're like, yeah. can, unless can you're paying. In, in St. Lucia next time? I mean, unless can you're we- paying. But even if even if you're paying, Drew, it's like, oh, we're just going to go Cabo once every week for, for your vain vows. Yeah, you, you only know? get three weeks of vacation a year. You're going to use a whole yeah. week on my... Right. My family. Exactly. Like Cabo's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's probably, you know, it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. But like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, like an odd selfish family vacation. This every boo year. and barrel. Every year. Every it's year. A, it's like a, I mean, I think the other thing that I was going to ask you too about this was, did Miranda marry Carol because she was upset about the whole thing with Ben Stiller's character? She ran back to her. Yeah. It, 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 it messed her up. It, it emotionally scarred her. And, sure. and he obviously sneaks into her house and, and she says like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to get back with you. Like, yeah. and then she did look back. So obviously she was, she was into the, into him on some level, but yeah. they knew each other for what? 72 hours. Yeah. It was like three days, right? Yep. Three long days. Three long days. Three long but days in Cabo. She, and she, she, we have to say what happens here. She tells him like, no, there's no chance in hell, which I can completely understand. And then he winds up getting divorced from Lila Lila gets the sporting goods store in the divorce <laughs> and he decides to move down to, to Cabo full time and become a perma vacationer. Yep. So I need to ask you, did he learn his lesson from this whole thing? And, and why no. not? <laughs> and why no. not? Well, clearly we see at the end of the movie, you know, Rand is back again at Cabo for Barrel and Boo. Once again, renewing those vows. They didn't die yet. They're still there. Uh, <laughs> down on the farm in the walking yeah, dead. Yeah. And uh, he has his, you know, he's a he's a perma vacation. Is that what they call it? Perma, perma vacationer, vacation. I believe. Yeah. So he's got his, you know, his three amigos stand of water sports with Carlos Mencia and Manuel. Great business and, partners. Uh, yeah. And uh, Miranda walks up and says, hey, hey, guess what? You know, it did work out with me and Cal. Was it Cal? Cal, I believe. Cal, I believe. Yeah. So did work out because she, she rushed into it. And that's what happens when you rush into it. But instead of. Being a crazy person, she divorced him like a normal person. Was yeah. honest with him, probably. And then she's like, "Hey, you know what? Let's have a drink. Let's talk about it. Whatever, whatever. Let's see if something's here." So she's willing to forgive and forget. Chance meeting. You know, if it just so happened that he wasn't there anymore in Cabo, she probably would not have looked him up, right? Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, drinks at seven. I can make that work." He turns around and there's his wife, Eva Longoria. He, he's married. He's married to uh, Eva Longoria, Drew. Did you notice he had a wedding ring on and it was he pretty did. obvious? Like he yeah. didn't try to hide it, I thought, no. which no, was he interesting. And it was. I looked it was, for it because, like, I've seen this movie before, so I know yeah. the ending. But, like, if you're watching it for the first time, it's something you might not notice. Right. He doesn't have a wedding ring on. So then he, he basically tells Eva Longoria, hey, I got plans. I'll see you later on for a late dinner. So, uh, same the, thing. So the head uh, water skiing uh, apparel person's here. I got to have dinner with, with, with business partners. I'll have a late dinner. We'll have a talk about, good, about some good things. It'll, it'll sting at run. first, yeah. but in the long run, great things. So there he is hedging again. He's hedging. Yep. Yep. If, the, if the drinks with Miranda doesn't work out, he could just go back to the wife and like nothing happened. But if the Miranda thing does work out, then he has, has a difficult conversation. It's hedging. It's cheating. It's the only way it's not cheating is if he breaks up with her right then and there and says, "The girl of my dreams just showed up on my doorstep. I'm sorry. She's the one that got away. We're gonna have to get a divorce." Again, it's a conversation that's too real for real life. Yeah, but it's the right thing to do. So, two questions for you. And the setup is: they said it was 18 months later. So at maximum, and it was there. So not only was he married to Eva Longoria, it was their one year anniversary he was going to yes. divorce her potentially yes. yeah 
So at maximum, he knew her for six months before he married her, which yes. we know sure as hell this is fast Eddie Cantro here. He's not gonna yeah. be he, he's not gonna be knowing her for six months. So my questions are like, how long did he know Eva Longoria's character, which we, we don't know? Did he actually like her? Did he even know anything about her? Was he pressured into it by his dad? Well, you know, was it was he just struck by her beauty and didn't really get to know her? And he he's about to drop her on a dime, but I like how yeah. you said it because when I was watching, I wasn't thinking about the hedge of the bet. Yeah. Like should, so should he have told Miranda? And if he told Miranda, would she have understood? Because in all things considered, she told him, get the hell out of here. I don't want to marry you. So it would be obviously understandable that he yeah. moved on and got married. Yeah, he's see, this is a red flag for Miranda because right. he she asked her, So you're single? Yes. Nah, she did ask him. But at the same time, he didn't tell her. True. I feel like he's gonna try to get this divorce on the download, Drew. Yeah, he is, and not tell her yeah. at all. Yeah, or or should he tell her at dinner? Like, do you think he's planning to tell her at dinner or no? I would hope so, but I can't put it past him to 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 have it slip his mind, based on what we know about this guy. <laughs> this guy is he should tell her. You know what? We did a bust out. I we've been talking about the villain scale this whole time. Yeah, creep all shape. Yes, yeah. induct him right now. Yeah, uh, play the music behind me. But right is now. he a creep or just yes. is he a scumbag? Uh, yeah, I forgot the, the scumbag definition. scale. Yeah, the scumbag Hall of Fame. What? What? I forgot the definition. You did it on an episode, probably like within the last ten here. But creep versus or scumbag versus scum bucket. I think we did. Yeah. I don't know if we did creep Scuzz versus scumbag. Bucket, scum bucket. You're a bucket of scum. You're a bag of scum. What's the difference between a creep and a scumbag then? From the creep I, don't know. Hall of I, th- Fame? I think a creep is uh, malicious, yeah, and, he's predi- malicious and predatory and predatory. Yeah. He's kind of predatory. Pre- I don't even. I don't think he's a creep because. Yeah. I, he's just he's a snake he's a, <laughs> he's not a creep he's not a scumbag a snake he's isn't a, snake. a creep a, a snake is a scumbag yeah he's a scrub he's, he's keeping secrets he's a scrub to quote somebody yeah yeah it's, you're keeping secrets you're not necessarily a creep a creep is someone who's like malicious and predatory you know he's spying on women or if he's like he's like a peep he's, he's a, a peeper peep. He's a pee, he's not a creeper. He's know. a peeper. He's a peeper, not a creeper. So we got peep versus scumbag yeah. versus creep. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in. I'm gonna play play the play the triumphant music because he's going into whatever the hell the hall of whatever. Hall of yeah. shame here. Yeah. Because this dude is I mean, he's up there, man. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Let's let's end it on that. He he's yeah. he's inducted. Yep. Whatever he does, Miranda should run for yep. the hills. Maybe Martin should get out his baseball bat again yeah. and and whack him in the in the calves again. It's, get this guy out of here. It's not often they make the bad guy the, the the main character of a movie, but they did it here. I and I love this movie. Let me go on the record and say it. I do love this movie. This is my Deuce Bigelow to European Gigolo of the Fairly Brothers. <laughs> it's 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 not great, but it's a fun movie. And at the end of the day, like, I don't really recall watching this thinking, oh man, this guy's complete scumbag. When I watched it this time, I'm thinking like, I was like appalled yeah. and maybe yeah. it's just years later, but you know, but final question for you. Yes. How long before that sporting goods store goes out of business? Now that oh, Lyle it's, it's already, <laughs> it's already gone. It's it. like, yeah. She, <laughs> it's, out of, it's out of business. Yeah. She can't handle it. She can't, she can't handle that kind of responsibility. It's over. I'm I'm curious what what the listeners think. Does does Ben Stiller's character Eddie Cantor deserve to be in the the scumbag creep peep, whatever the the Hall of Shame is? Write in and let us know. The Last Row Podcast at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at the Last Row Pod. Leave a comment on the episode's page on 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 the website. 
leave it on the Instagram page. And as always, if you're enjoying our show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. And we hope everybody's enjoying the show and we'll be back in two weeks on Thursday, May 12th. And on that note, we'll see you guys in two weeks. All right, just so I wanted to ask you about Carlos Mencia. I can't hear you under the music. Thank you, Drew. We're okay. It's okay. We don't want any. Thank you, though. Okay. Hey, here you go. Here you go. Thank you, but um, we're fine.